0: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Today begins a new year in the Church's liturgical calendar. It is the first Sunday in Advent and the very first Sunday of a new Church year. Our children are learning all about this way of keeping time in our Sunday school catechesis program, so not a bad thing for us to be getting a little bit of a review along with them. But first of all, we have to think a little bit differently about time. Yes, time can be thought of in different ways. There is chronological time, as marked by the rotation of the earth and its revolution around the sun— in which we account for the passage of time in seconds and minutes and hours, days, weeks, months, years, yes, in centuries and millennia, and uh, on the trading floor on Wall Street, even in billionths of seconds, I'm told. The ancient Greeks had two words for time, chronos, which is where we get our word chronological, and they also had another word for time, kairos. This word signifies... A proper or opportune time for action. When Kronos is, while Kronos is sequential and quantitative, Kairos has a qualitative nature about it. It is the right, critical, or opportune moment. Now is the moment for you to awake from sleep, says Paul in his epistle to the Romans. You know what time it is. How it is now the moment for you to be to be awake from sleep for salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers Liturgical time has elements of both chronos and kairos It's also cyclical which is to say it repeats itself year after year as a way of telling our story over and over once again to remind us Of the story, and also to allow it to become a part of our deeper consciousness. And that story moves from the hopes and expectations of this Advent season to the final consummation of all things at the end of the age. During Advent, we anticipate the coming of the Messiah, both at the birth of Christ and also his coming again at the end of the age. Color purple is a sign during this season, as it also is in Lent when we prepare for Easter, of a time of preparation and purification, of anticipation and expectation. We also mark the weeks of Advent with the lighting of the candles on the Advent wreath, one for each of the four Sundays of Advent, neither rushing ahead to the end, uh, expecting Christmas now and or, but also not staying where we are, but moving forward to what comes next. And yes, following Advent will come Christmas, when we celebrate the birth of Christ at the Feast of the Incarnation, God's very own essence among us in human flesh and blood. Then the twelve days of Christmas are followed by the season of Epiphany, when we celebrate Christ's manifestation to the Gentiles and to the whole world, And then comes the season of Lent, our other purple season, the 40 days before Easter, and our celebration of new life in Christ's resurrection. The 50 days from Easter bring us to Pentecost, the coming of the Spirit to empower us to share in God's mission to the world and the final consummation of all things in Christ as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So today is the beginning of a new liturgical year in which we are invited to step out of chronological time and enter a story, a story of redemption and grace. With Advent, something new begins. And to perceive it, the Church invites us to enter into another dimension, to take the path of diverging off of chronological time to enter the series of sacred events leading toward the birth, the teaching, the death, resurrection and ascension of Jesus, and then the descent of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit sends us out into the suffering world to be a loving sign of God's reign of righteousness, justice, and peace. And then we walk in two kinds of time in the same world. It is our call as followers of Jesus to inject into this world the signs of the world to come, the world that is the fulfillment of the dream of God for a world being made new. We're called into this sacred reality because the sacred world is all about helping to fulfill the holiness of the temporal world it is time to enter the revelation of time unfolding like an open door inviting you and me onto the difficult yet healing and redemptive path of love now overlaid on top of all this of course is a a secular chronological calendar which is kind of hard to miss isn't it perhaps especially this time of year it's based on a chronological sense of time that is oriented around quarterly profits, monthly and weekly sales goals and all the ways that you and I can help achieve those goals by spending money that we may not have for things that we do not need. It's a calendar uniquely influenced and shaped by the corporate profit-driven imperatives of a consumption-oriented economic system that only works so long as we all spend more and more and more. That seems to be what secular Christmas, which already began of course a few weeks ago, is all about. But in the midst of all of this, we are invited into a different place in time, a time of watching, of waiting, of expectation and hope for the coming of Christ. And it is a time for us to be awakened to the signs of those times. To signs of, yes, even now, the fulfillment of God's purposes in our world. I read a story in the Times of Israel yesterday about a gathering in Ramallah, Palestine, this past Thursday. For the International Day of Solidarity with the Palestinians. Over 400 brave Israelis crossed over the Green Line into Palestinian territory. To join in solidarity with their Palestinian neighbors They came together to tell a different story than the one we usually hear, and that is of their desire for an end to occupation, for two people to live together in peace and with justice for all, each with a homeland and sovereignty over their respective territories. The story we usually hear is one of peoples engaged in the zero-sum game of winners and losers, victims and victors. But these people are not content with the story unfolding in our newspapers and on our television screens, stories of decades of violence and counter-violence, and the failed attempts at making peace. Rather, they came together to show that it is possible for people to listen to one another to recognize the humanity in the other, and to find ways to live together in peace and justice. This day of solidarity had many participants from the Parents Circle, which is an organization that has grown out of the experiences of mothers and fathers who have lost sons and daughters on both sides of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. I will never forget my own first experience of sitting in a parent's circle in East Jerusalem in 2002, listening to their stories of heartbreak and grief, but then hearing them tell what it was like for them also to hear the stories of people on the other side of the conflict. In hearing them, they woke up to a new reality. They discovered that in spite of their prejudices, and the hatreds they might have harbored for those who were the other, they had something very precious in common, the loss of their children. And it did not matter whether they were Jews or Arabs, Muslim, Jewish, or Christian. The blood of their children ran red, and the loss of their lives brought enormous pain and suffering. And in that they found a shared desire to work together for peace to work together for a time when they could live in peace side by side and begin to live by a different kind of narrative, one that brings people together instead of feeding on the resentments and received prejudices. It's a narrative that is not about winners and losers, about profits and losses, but about living into the new story, where all of God's people live in peace and harmony. It's not content with the ongoing chronological drumbeat of years or decades or centuries of conflict and hatred, but it seizes rather on a kairos moment, a moment in time to say, this is it. We must create a different future for our children than the one we inherited from our parents. The hymn we sang just a few minutes ago is Set to J.S. Bach's Wacket Auf. Wake up. And it's yet another call to enter into sacred time. To wake up to the coming of Messiah, as portrayed in Jesus' story of the bridesmaids awaiting the bridegroom. Sleepers, awake. A voice astounds us. The shout of rampart guards surrounds us. Awake, Jerusalem, arise. Midnight's peace, their cry has broken. The time has come, O maidens wise, rise up and give us light. Alleluia. Your lamps prepare and hasten there, that you the wedding feast may share. We hear the urgency of Kairos' time also in Paul's words to the Romans You know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near." So it's time for us to wake up, to begin living in the new story, to hear again the prophet Isaiah when he says, "...he shall judge between the nations, and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks." nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. The drumbeat of chronological time and the 24 more days till Christmas culture is strong. And we will all feel its pressure and its demands on our time and our money and on our very selves. But we are invited here today and each time we gather here to step out of the sense of ta- that sense of time into God's time to awaken to the new story that is already but not yet fully here, the story of God's redemptive love, and to learn to live it even now and even here. We are living in a very confusing and, yes, perilous time, and that is all the more reason to stay awake, to stay alert to watch for the signs of Christ coming among us. They are here, we, and if we have, they are here if we have eyes to see them and hearts to receive him. Amen.